into the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind the scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, Red vs. Blue fans, and welcome to the very first Red vs. Blue After Buzz TV After Show. We are going to be recapping Season 13 thus far, which would be Episodes 1 through 8, so we got a lot on our plates tonight. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. A, lot, a lot of stuff to get through. There's a lot of good stuff my so far this season. just like... <laughs> so I'd like to introduce my wonderful host. We have Alexis Torres. Hey, everybody. You can find me all over the interwebs at atorres890. Megan Salinas. Hey guys, you can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. We're also keeping an eye on the hashtag ABTVRVB. Yep, and because, I'm in the live chat. Sorry because about that. we love our alphabet soup. Yes, we do. <laughs> and I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaje. That's K I A X E T. I've also taken your questions off of Tumblr, so points to those of you who submitted those earlier in the day. Very nice. We have two very special guests joining us via Skype this evening. We have Miles Luna, writer and producer of Red vs. Blue, and the voice of Felix. Hello! And Gray Haddock, the voice of Locus. Oh, hey! <laughs> yes, you, right there. Hello. <laughs> How are you guys hey, doing friends. tonight? I'm sorry? How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, fantastic. Uh, we're hanging out with you guys. Thank you very much, Dan, for having us here on yeah. your wonderful program. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We are going to swing right into the recap. If you guys have anything you'd like to say during, feel free. And then we will take some questions from our not-so-in-studio, but still very much live audience. Yep. I so, am keeping much track, especially mostly it's just hellos and miles all over the place. How many people do we have in that chat? We have 108 watching what? live right now. Hi, everybody. At least from what my computer tells me. I could be wrong. I'm going to trust your computer. Yeah. So... What do we think of the season thus far? We have the third part of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. We are really ramping it up. We're, what, a third of the way through so far? Something like that. And things have gotten a little crazy. A little? What? So. <laughs> That's not even the correct words. You know, just, just a little bit. No. Just a tad. I, I, Villainous backstory, yeah. head trips, freelancer <laughs> cameos. For those of you listening to the podcast, you guys should really be watching Miles and Greg. Miles is pretty animated. <laughs> oh, dear. This is the guy who writes and voices the scariest person in the show right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not how you pronounce most beautiful and attractive. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I have stronger words, but I'm not allowed to say them on air. Oh, oh, good to know. I was about to just go through my favorite list of swears. <laughs> you did that on Ruby already. We know what it is. <laughs> I wasn't there. I would like to know. Afterwards. Af- or you can just watch our Ruby interview. <laughs> Available on YouTube. <laughs> I gotta say, 
that from the from the start of this season, this was a very different start to Red versus Blue. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, I I don't think we've seen an opening this dark since maybe even Recovery One or or Reconstruction. This was okay. probably this might very well be the darkest opening to a series that we have because it starts with a group of people getting murdered Is it in a really like horrible that's way. Not a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> but how many of them get like shot out into the vacuum of space? Like that's a pretty gruesome way to go. Is it weird that that was my favorite part? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm really intrigued to see Shark Face back and the going joke. And I have to say it is Shark Face. Hoo ha ha. Thank you, Tumblr. It started in the animation pit, and we were so happy to see it carry on out into the internet. Yeah. Can we get a shirt? Can yeah. we get a shirt? What was guys, the idea? put it in the put it in the rooster teeth shop, you guys. Let's do it. Right, we'll uh, talk right, to John about that. What was the idea behind bringing him back in the first place? When when was when did it? Did you guys think okay, that's a character that we could bring back? So the um, the thing that the the reds and blues and our heroes always had over the bad guys of Karn was that they had them outnumbered. Um, they're not the best soldiers in the world, but uh, you know. They're going old Russia strategy circa World War II on this bitch. Yeah, got uh, They can do it. <laughs> so essentially the, 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 the question was, all right, how do our mercenaries get the advantage? And for whatever reason, I, like, I'm a big fan of uh, the Nolan Batman films, the second and first one more so than the third. But they're all, they're all fun rides. Mm-hmm. And what I love about um, those films is that they always start off with, okay, so who's the bad guy this time, and what's this person about? Yeah. And it's essentially just this little prologue thing, like the whole Joker high sequence. It's just super fun to watch. Um, and I essentially wanted to do that. And um, I don't know. I don't know where the idea for... I can't remember where the idea for the prison heist came from, but after I had that idea, one of my favorite parts of Season 9 was the shark face flamethrower fight. He's just yeah. so cool. Uh, yeah. And, um, I'm normally not one for bringing back dead people, but we never had a confirmed KIA on that guy. And again, just so cool. <laughs> so I wanted him to be on the ship. And then once I uh, started working on scripts for the season, he ended up being a, a larger role in the story than I initially planned for him to be. He was just going to kind of be what he was in season nine, which was just kind of a mini boss. Yeah. But uh, you also it was just so someone, much fun. You wanted someone to type in the freelancer pass a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, something Essentially, everybody has their foil um, this season. And, and there's... There's a lot of running themes throughout that you know, I'm sure we'll talk about as we reach the end of the season. Um, but yeah, he's essentially your nega freelancer. You know, he was on the other side, and given the actual storyline of how all these seasons have played out, you come to find in season 10 that the freelancers weren't exactly the good guys in this yeah. scenario. He was the dude that was hired to protect the company. That was a- <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so I think it's interesting to have a villain that actually has... I, I just love stories that give the villain some some time on screen. And some of them you sympathize with, some of them you kind of see where they're coming from, and some of them you just love to hate. And I feel like we're hitting all three of those this season, and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, no, it's just an amazing way to kick off the stakes this year. It's like, no, this is it, they're getting serious, they're going to do anything that they want. Yeah. If they can, to go ahead and take off the Reds and Blues. And it was really just a way to say, like, hey, we're, we're going big with this finale. Like, yeah. it was awesome bringing back animation in season 12. And I love animation, not just for the crazy fight stuff, but for the visual gags, like Tucker's Dance in Episode 2. Yeah, or, or <laughs> so good. Monitor in Season 8. I love visual comedy. Um, but you know, So bringing that back in 12 was great, and, and essentially this was our way to say, you have no idea what is going to come this season. Yeah, yeah. that uh, RBB this year has uh, enough resources and a 
really nice kick-ass crew, the likes of which we haven't seen since about RBB 10. And they're Ooh. all right outside this window to our right that you can't that, that see. That you can't see. We've got Hi guys, positive, we love you. Yeah. Animators. Every, everybody's uh, kicking butt, working late, because uh, we're about a month or so away from the end of the principal animation. Yeah, yeah. which is wow. hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I've said it, I've said it, um, before, and I'll say it again, it's like, I feel like we just assembled the Avengers. Yeah. Avengers 1, not Avengers 2. <laughs> but, um, it really is just, like, absolute dream team. We've got the best people that have worked on Ruby, people from X-Ray and Bab. We've yeah. got new people that we brought in who are just, like, absolutely knocking out of, out of the park. And, um, I could not be more grateful for the team that we have. They're yeah. just like, I love you! <laughs> <laughs> So do the rest of us. Yeah. We are super grateful for you guys and the team and the entertainment you bring us every week. Holy cow, we would not be in here talking about it if we weren't. <laughs> Speaking of bringing back Freelancer Past, the counselor's on the ship. And this is, some, this is something we've all been wondering. Why is he on that ship? I don't really buy the explanation that he gives Shark Face. It seems way too convenient. Well, I mean, the thing with Counselor is you got to look at it from his point of view. He was this dude that was working for this project that did some kind of shady stuff, and then uh, some members disappeared, some members died, and he was essentially there holding the smoking gun and just got, he just got hit with the book, you know? He got sent away for the rest of his days, and uh, I have a feeling that would leave a bit of a sour taste in your mouth. Um, Though the decision to bring back the Counselor was just... um, it was one... I always wanted to know what happened to him. As, like, an RV fan, I was yeah. like, that was, like, the one loose end that never got tied up was, what happened to the counselor? Yeah. So this was... I thought it was, again, an interesting way to um, to touch on something that we had kind of um, failed to touch on in the past, which was, like, the inspiration for making Caron, the main bad guys in, in Circa 12. It was... I went up to Matt, and I was like, hey, did you guys ever do anything with Caron Industries? Because there's a bunch of stuff all over the place, mm-hmm. and it never got paid off. He's like, no, not really. And I was like, well... I have a proposition. What happened to him? And I always thought he was such an interesting character because he's never like he's just always there. Yeah, he's, he's always there. He's mercurial. You you don't exactly know what his motivations are. We're finally kind of getting a window into that part of his head this year. Yeah, and he's just got the creepiest, beautiful voice. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. soft. Yeah, soft running. Yeah. And what's terrifying is that. He knows everything about essentially the two two strongest good guys we have. Yeah. And I love villains like that, or just characters like that in general. Whether you're a hero or a villain, but you've you've got the folks that are overpowered, uh, or you know they've got um, cool armor or whatnot. And this guy just has his wits, yeah, and a lot of information. And he's such the master strategist that he can wind up everyone around him, and like he's moving around pieces on a chessboard. Yeah. So yeah. He's, he doesn't even have to lift a finger, really. He just has to wind up certain people and aim them at each other, kick back, and get the results that he needs. So, yeah. yeah, the uh, the Counselor Shark Face scene in Episode 7 was so much fun, um, especially, too, getting to do the mocap and all of that, because it's just, yeah. you have this small guy just hands behind his back, and, and Shark Face, you know, creepy-ass psycho killer is all up in his grill, and he doesn't flinch, and it drives Shark Face nuts, and it's just, it's a super fun dynamic. Uh, the council with everybody because yeah. he just knows that, how to push your buttons. There, there was the first scene in uh, where he just walks in in episode one, and I just love uh, even when I first remember mocapping that scene, um, and I think a combination of a couple of folks, including Joel, mocapping him that day. Mm-hmm. I think someone else was also working on, but um, just the fact that he he walks into the room, he makes his big debut, realizes that there's bodies all over the floor in front of him. It's like 
okay, until the shot is. And then, yeah, just watch it. <laughs> no feathers ruffled, and she's yeah. just right down to business with Felix. Yeah. So, that was a and of course, catcher. Felix just loves to screw with people, too. <laughs> oh, my you God. You don't say. <laughs> Well, speaking we, of, oh, well, ahead. speaking of messing with people and Felix, let's talk about the visions in the gateway. Let's talk mm. about the weird <laughs> stuff that went down there. I know we've had a lot of questions and a lot of theories on pretty much every social network I'm on. Mm. What did Felix see? Are we well, ever going to know? Not to quote a different show, but uh, uh, Cinder and Ruby, I think, put it best when she said, "You'll know what you need when you need to know it." <laughs> <laughs> There's also theory that <laughs> we didn't get to know answer. what Felix saw, so we didn't humanize him. We very much humanized Locus with this backstory. And mm. there's theories that there may be a redemption arc for him in the cards. Mm-hmm. That's it? I, mean, there's, it's, <laughs> I don't necessarily want to say that like we're doing any sort of like redemption arc or anything like that, but no. I think a great... Um, Although, I guess, spoiler alert for Avatar The Last Airbender fans, I was going to make a Zuko comparison, but guess what Zuko has? Zuko has a redemption But, no, the, what, that was actually one of the things I loved the most about that series was that um, the characters had depth to them. And when the, when, or the, the villains, sorry, the villains had depth to them. Yeah. They weren't just these one-note, like, mustache-twirling. No, they had their own motivation <laughs> and their perspective, which is just as valid. They just happened to have a background that was contrary to the protagonist of the story. And, yeah, they, they've... They've got these incidents in their background that kind of definitely shaped who they are. And now the fact that this question has been raised, the audience is not the only folks with this question. Mm-hmm. It turns out Locus is going to be intensely curious as well. Mm-hmm. That's going to play in the things. So. And I think it's nice, too, because whenever we do cut away from our good guys to our bad guys, you know, if it, it goes from a story where we just care about the good guys and their safety. If you can suddenly care about the bad guy's safety, then you can have a bit of tension when it's just a bad guy scene. Like, you yeah. may know, like... They're not in any danger from the Reds and Blues, but the chairman's kind of a kind of a bad guy. Yeah. Um, and with him throwing around all sorts of threats, it actually makes you go, "Oh no, old bald bastard! Don't kill my <laughs> Can I pose a theory? Uh, you may. We can sit here and smile at it. <laughs> That's exactly what I want. Locus will start down this redemptive arc. May or may not start questioning what he's doing. And Felix will realize that his weapon is no longer reliable and will kill him before he can defect to the other side. Ooh. Because if you have if you have a weapon and sipping his tea over there. I feel like we should have told you guys to make popcorn before this. <laughs> like that certainly is a fairy. Yes it is. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> make some rewrites <laughs> Winner. We, we actually do have another question from uh, Nathaniel E. Kramer on uh, the hashtag. If uh, we're talk- if we're taking questions, Miles, why were you cast as Felix? Why? What was the choice behind that? <laughs> he was the director. It was. Uh, <laughs> it, was uh, uh, it was actually pretty much out of necessity. Um, so yeah, we wrote Locus. I, dude, I'll tell you too. In season eleven. Um, the first time we threw you in the booth, mm. you were like, so what's this character all about? And I was like, um, well, he needs to be big and scary. I'm still working on the rest, but can you do that for these first few hours? Season 11 was this crazy thing where um, our production schedule was all over the place. We were still, I mean, we've always, we always write. We're still, like, writing the season while it's in production. This yeah. is probably the most ahead we've ever been. <laughs> um, it's getting better. But season 11 was, like... That's good. That actually went through a fair amount of change while we were, like, 
releasing episodes. Yeah. And one of them was um, accelerating the introduction of Locus. Um, because mm-hmm. at, the, at the very start of that season, we still weren't 100% sure what the new conflict was going to be. Yeah. Um, How much of that was driven by... Um, okay, so with Eleven, you wanted to kind of, in a certain sense, get back to the roots of right. Red versus Blue. Right. In general, right. it's going to be essentially all machinima. We want to get the guys in some sort of box canyon again and just let them be and... I guess, you know, a lot of the fans, uh, a lot of the longtime fans love that you were kind of back to that. Some of the folks who maybe started around, um, you know, freelancer timelines were looking for a little bit more of the balance to come back. Yeah. So how much, how much of that was being driven by um, different parts of the audience? Right, yeah, it was more, like, most of the time, we always make the show that we want to make, and usually, like, we we, enjoy, we appreciate the instant feedback that you get from the internet, yeah. um, but very, very rarely will we actually make a change due to comments, because... You know, we do what we want to do. Yeah, which actually um, comes in handy when you take the approach that we tend to have, which yeah. is sort of developing some of the episodes on the fly after they've begun airing. But. Um, but that season was when we realized, you know, we wanted to go back to just straight comedy, and that just wasn't really an option anymore. We needed something else. We need something a little more substantial. So, yeah, like I said, we accelerated the introduction of uh, our villainous villains. And uh, so that meant, yeah, that first episode, I still didn't have Locus figured out. I just knew that he was going to be really scary, and he was going to shoot a dude in the back. Uh, <laughs> I worked on it more from there, and then Locus has become... Locus and Felix, I might be biased, but they're two of my favorite characters. That yeah. like, Well done. They're just fun. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> um, but to answer your question, uh, I wrote Felix, who, fun fact, originally was going to be named Leon, but I got pushed back from Matt and Bernie because they thought it was too close to Leonard. <laughs> oh, there's that too. Yeah, you're right. Leonard Church, of course. Um, but no, his original name was Leon, and uh, for a while he was for a while it was just called Locus and Scout, and uh, based on the helmet. Just based on the helmet. Okay. And then Locus was like, I really like that. And then because it had this sweet ring to it, and then that obviously had a huge impact on who he is as a character. Yeah, I, mean, I seem to recall some conversations about how he felt like he didn't really need a unique identifying name anymore. He, he was the weapon, he was yep. the, his armor, so he just yeah. like, screwed him. Below, below. Which is essentially, we, we dive into that in the sponsor uh, the sponsor video, That's the right. audio launch. That, that was fun. Yeah. That was another big twist, where we had three comedic entries, and then, hey, Locust, the psychotic killer. That was a <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, I wrote the parts for Felix. Um, we didn't know who was going to cast it, and Matt just said, you should just try it. You work on the show now. You know, Bernie wrote himself a character, obviously. Uh, you should write yourself a character. Go ahead and see if it works. And I was like, I was convinced I was going to sound like a baby child. <laughs> it just wasn't, I wasn't going to sound old enough. But that voice, that helmet filter helps, man. Yeah. I was flattered when Patrick told me in season 12, Patrick Rodriguez, one of our uh, artists, our director, yeah. yeah, our director on this season, walks up to me and goes, you're Felix? And yeah, he goes, <laughs> no way! Like, yeah! I just love the juxtaposition of, of getting to hear you do Felix and then hearing you do Jean. <laughs> and and, and here's the best is hearing him warm up for Jean doing Felix-like stuff now. Oh my that God. would be amazing. It's, it's weird because I th- people see Jean and they're like, oh yeah, that's Miles. Because Jean is, uh, right, Jean's just a higher-pitched voice of myself. A little more stuttering and... Uh, Insecurity, but then really naive confidence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's all I get the Jean voice. It's just lots of, oh, right, Jean arc. I can do it. I think. Whereas Felix. It sounds a little like Fixit. He does. It sounds like Fixit. We're on the, we're on the, we're on the uh, Transformers Robots in Disguise panel is what oh, we basically yes. lifted oh, the yes. host from that panel and put it in this one. <laughs> And you sound like the mini-con who stutters and is losing his words and is kind of out of his mind. Um, <laughs> but he's so adorable. He's cute. So, and he's orange. And he's orange. And he's orange. Felix is 
is so much closer to my normal voice, but it's just a complete attitude change. Like yeah. that's that's really all it is. He's a little breathier, and he's just kind of a douche. Because all it is like the whole thing. Like everybody has their how to get into character thing. Like Sarge or Matt. The way Matt gets into character for Sarge is he says Simmons over and over again because <laughs> Sarge has this really subtle thing where he has a bit of a lisp. It's not Simmons. It's Shimmons! 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 Ho, ho, ho! Shimmons! It's, hello! Hello! I'm Caboose! And, like, that's his whole thing. It's hilarious. You can tell, like, uh, when the guys are warming up, you'll just hear that from across the... (laughs) (laughs) But Felix is just... It's just a line from from the reveal last season. It's, uh, right. (laughs) First, you gotta start off with the laugh. (laughs) I'm the charismatic mercenary with a gruff exterior, but a heart of gold. (laughs) Don't you think? Because that gets the high confidence, really cocky, fun you kind of voice, and then you go into the low. I'm gonna twist the knife. It's just now occurring to me. There's, um, you know that you've pissed off a uh, like a British mobster whenever they start to sing song happy. <laughs> yeah, we're really friendly right now. I'm gonna talk about it right now. I'm gonna kill you. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we're having a good time. A good time. Great. Great. Hey, do you do anything to warm up for Locust? Like, that's his whole thing. Shame if you're special. And that was, I gotta say, that was the most, the part I think I love the most about the prologue for the season, other than jettisoning people into space, was <laughs> to watch the crew of the Tartarus go through the exact same thing that the uh, audience of Red vs. Blue went through throughout this trilogy. Utter betrayal. Everyone goes, I don't know how I feel about this guy. He makes a few jokes. This guy's alright. Going into season 12, this guy's awesome. And then suddenly, who are you? Yeah, yeah, just charm is his MO. Yeah, that's his thing. That's his... He's the guy that you're not sure if you should be afraid of him or not, and that's almost scarier than the guy that you know you should be afraid of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what do you do to get into your character for Locus? Um, we were talking about how yeah, finding the character largely involved um, whisking cigarettes, but uh, <laughs> not exactly viable as a voice actor. Um, yeah, it's just um, going for more kind of a clip military speech. We were trying to... Yeah, it took us a little bit to sort of find the voice the first yeah. couple of episodes. It, it kind of bounced around between James Earl Jones to, uh, I don't know, pick a classic badass soldier type. <laughs> but, um, yeah, these days, uh, I guess I say unfortunate a lot. Unfortunate. Yeah, so does the internet. The first yep. Say what? So does the internet. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I think is unfortunate? We haven't. I don't think he's had a single unfortunate this season so far. Oh, I know! Yeah, <laughs> check the script! That should be his last word out the door. Gray, can you give us hey. one? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's... Uh... Oh, use the cup! Oh. <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> that is really James Earl Jones. You're irritated Felix. <laughs> hey, buddy, how's it going? Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> This catchphrase this year has been quiet. That's really it. <laughs> so many people this spatial. Oh, use this one. Use this one. That's my Felix. Quiet. I'm just <laughs> having a conversation. Thank you. You guys are amazing. Oh my gosh. I can't even put sentence words. Thanks. Uh. <laughs> Thank you, Fix It. When the live chat gets to that, I'd love to hear what they have to say about They were it. losing their minds. They were like, oh my I'm god, sure he they does are. sound like Fix It. It was crazy. While we're talking voice actors, who voices Sharkface and who voices Santa? Oh, Santa. Those are things that we... I actually talked to one of those voice actors today uh-huh. and we're gonna they, they can say if they want to do it I, I told them if you want to make it public who you are go for it okay um 
but I recommended that they hold off, and I'll tell you the reason why. It's the same reason why I didn't say I was Felix the moment Felix appeared on screen, was because that, that way, then suddenly the audience, who's really familiar with Rooster Teeth, would associate my face with that character. So right. uh, I told those actors, you can say who you are whenever you want to, but just know that as soon as you say that, you need to give the audience time to come up with their own connection with the character before they apply a voice to it. No, and that's how I feel about a lot of that's stuff. That's completely valid. You know, um, yeah, the credits haven't rolled yet, so... Yeah, but um, but the uh, our, our voice actor for Sharkface, we found him uh, uh, here in Austin, and the dude's just super cool. Like and he doesn't he doesn't look like that boy should come out of him at all. <laughs> oh man! Um, but yeah, when the credits roll, you all shall be revealed. <laughs> well, okay, we, we are looking forward to that. We, Not the season being over, but knowing. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, we do have a comment uh, on Twitter from. Uh, Robot Simmons. This isn't a question. I just want to say thank you for showing ongoing emotional struggles for Carolina in this last episode. Ooh. And and that's yes. true. We, <laughs> we see that what happened in the previous seasons still has lasting repercussions for these characters. I want to know what happened afterwards that she didn't talk about. What happened in there that the audience didn't see? We'll have to wait to find out. <laughs> so we will find out. Ooh. Maybe. Maybe you'll know what you need when you need to know it, man. I say I'll, I will refer you to the quote. Apparently, the quote is that direction. <laughs> That's the Skype logo. <laughs> it knows. It knows. Yeah, Carolina's still got to be one of my most favorite. Like in, in any property anywhere, not just Richard stuff, got to be one of my favorite um, strong female ass kickers that are out there. I think you've been doing like the the handoff to you to start handling her as a writer has been amazing and. And shout out to Jim Brown, who voices Yeah! Her. Yes. Like four or five years long, Jim Brown's character now? Good lord. Uh, since season nine. So that's yeah. 2010, 2011? 2011, yeah. I think. So, yeah. God, God, man. It's nuts. It's always fun, too, because she's just the bubbliest, perkiest, yeah, speaking happiest, of people who tiniest little girl. Like character. It, right? She's just like, yeah. hi, whoa, hi, I'm Jim Brown, hi. But if you church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, and then she also voices uh, Pira on Ruby as well. Yeah, yes. our goddess. Yes. <laughs> yes, we talked with her during the Ruby show, and she was a wonderful human being. And there were jokes about banana tattoos. So that certainly did happen. What? Um, right. When are Carolina and Kimball going to have a conversation? No, that was my question. Dang it. <laughs> I think that's everyone. There is a, t- there is a Tumblr counting episodes until they have a conversation. No there is. Yes, Someone send me a link. In episode five. Mm-hmm. Um, where they they were butting heads a little bit. I'll tell you though, like one of the most difficult things about this season in particular is just the number of characters that we have. Point. Because um, it was all fun and good in season twelve when we only had half the reds and blues, and then a supporting cast of rebels, and then that was great. Yeah. And then the reds and blues got back together, and it was just the reds and blues away from everybody. But now we're in a season where we have, and the machinimators hate me. Two armies that have come together with all the reds and blues and all the supporting characters. And God help us if the villains happen to attack this episode. Yeah, I think you guys have completely pushed Halo to the max. Now, you can't actually get all your characters into a session, though, can you? We listed them. We have more what I would consider main characters than are possible to get on screen at one time. So, good job, me, you idiot. (laughs) It has hands down been the greatest struggle this season from a writing perspective is giving everybody their due, like giving everybody their screen time. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the scripts are done at this point, and looking back, you know, there's things I do wish I could change. There's some characters I wish I could spend more time on. Yeah, um, that's going to be all But it was just, good. and that was like a, a prime example was uh, episode eight, where we got to, uh, when we went through into the portals and seeing everything, 
Um, Gray was going to go in there originally. Really? And we were, we were going to see what was Doctor Gray. Doctor Emily which, Gray causes no confusion. We were going to see Doctor. We were going to learn about what Doctor Emily Gray saw. She was going to try and go through. Um, we were going to see what Tucker saw and expand on that a little bit. But we just ha- there's just no time. We, like looking at how big we are already at the point where it's where we're in a room going. How are we going to fit this on a DVD? Like, wow. that's the yeah, we're trying we're to plan that right now. Um. So it's just. Would you we, ever consider doing a um, Rooster Teeth journal at some point? That kind of you know J.K. Rowling style. By the way, here's <laughs> here's some extra stuff I would have. Yes, please. Yes, please. That's the dangerous thing because because I always of course I want to do that as a storyteller. Like there was this whole thing we were going to go into with Dr. Emily Gray that I at, at over like when looking at the whole series and season, I was like, there's just no room for it and it's unnecessary. And as mm-hmm. much as I'd love to do it, uh, it does get expanded on. In the book that people have been talking about, that we're mm-hmm. people have been oh, yeah. asking about that. They want to know about the book for every single character in the series, yeah. and that was an area where we got to uh, expand on some of their backstory. Two of my favorites are actually Gray and Doyle. Um, <laughs> how she got to be as crazy as she is, and then uh, what happened the day Doyle was told he was going to be general, were probably two of my favorite additions to that. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. um, That'd be great. Uh, what that afternoon was like for Donald Doyle, <laughs> uh, making it in the book. Um, but uh, the hardest thing is just making room for all of these characters and giving them what feels like a fair amount of screen time. Um, because well, obviously, I was going to say, like, if just putting certain seeds out there, uh, certain ideas related to some of the characters, but not maybe giving you every single bit of backstory for every character, you, but you're getting enough of the spirit of the character out that the fans do some interesting writing right. and theorizing and art online. So it's always kind of cool to see their theories and how they've their imagination fills mm-hmm. in the blanks over time. It's always hard because you want to give them all this story and, and but but then it's like, is it sometimes better to, to give the audience less and let them come up with their own stuff? Because your imagination is always going to be ten times more incredible than what someone else can tell you. Yeah. Um, well, the fandom is also very apt at filling in uh, blanks. Can you tell us more about the book? What format it'll be in? When it'll come out? Is it a uh, fact book or is it a narrative? We, we would uh, like details, please. I can't give you details on release and size and all that stuff, but I can say, yeah, you got a little bit of... Uh, <laughs> 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 no, 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 I think it's going to be about that. Probably, yeah. It's, it's, it's a hardcover book. Yeah. Uh, it's... If things go well, it'll be out uh, for the holiday season this Ooh. year. Ooh, look at these facts. Yeah, I, I don't want to. Yeah, I can't absolutely guarantee that, but from what I know at the moment, that, that's what they're aiming for. Uh, uh, Eddie Rivas, who's helped uh, uh, Rashid out a couple of times on the mm-hmm. writing front, Michelle and stuff on the side, he's uh, actually been on the writing duties for this particular book, and uh, he's been working on it for a year. It, um, it's a comprehensive history of all the seasons. They're they're going to include season thirteen. Mm-hmm. And it's also got, um, yeah, dossiers on every single character and covers the AIs. Yeah, it it really hits it from, you get behind-the-scenes stuff talking about the production life, and we've got blurbs from everybody that's ever directed the show. Yeah. Um, uh, So you get a lot of behind-the-scenes look and how how we go into making the show and lots of live-action pictures and seeing our setup and stuff. Uh, We have a bunch of little short stories that we've added to it about different characters and uh, different points in the RV timeline. Um, and then, you know, details on the maps, like this place is represented by this map in this Halo game. Oh, yeah. Um, character bios. The thing is pretty packed with content. Yeah, it's going to be this awesome coffee table book. Look for it to give to all your loved ones. Yeah, it'll be amazing. I actually have a couple questions from uh, the chat. Kirby163 said, Did Caboose really come from the moon? <laughs> and, and, of course, we have one about our Tucker. When, when are we going to see Tucker's adventure in the Desert Temple? Oh, yeah. 
don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe, uh, he gets knocked unconscious in episode 11, and we dedicate three episodes <laughs> of flashback oh, to the sequence. The Tucker Chronicles. <laughs> the Tucker Chronicles. <laughs> You know, people would actually watch that and probably really enjoy it. I yes, would. sign me up. Or even a mini series. Mm-hmm. I would have liked that. Yeah, we we done Give us a reason to hit that After Buzz exclusive button. Just give us a reason. <laughs> So back to the series a little bit. Let's talk about the chairman. Let's talk about this guy. And I am editing my language. As we refer to him. So I mean, gentlemen, this jerk. Voice back in season ten. In six. In six. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. So he's he's the the letters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Been a while. Yeah. 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 <laughs> by Jack Lee. And modeled after Jack Lee. We made him a little scarier in his model. Jack Lee's much prettier. Um, Isn't he the same model really as made York? Just the face of. Uh, I just. Whenever I think of the face of evil, I think of an old white dude that has way too much money. Like, that's where I come to associate the face of evil with. Just like a Can I have that on a shirt? Selfish, old white dude that one. doesn't want to share any of the stuff and take everybody else's. So it's a bit of a collector. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chairman's a creepy dude, as you can see with that bad touch that he gives the meta suit in in, in episode six. Mm. Oh my god! I hardly, I, I think, did that shot, and I told her I'd just go, just make the audience uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were uncomfortable that was, enough. Um, that was a fun scene to work on musically too. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, we've been working with Nico, Adi Roland, and Trocadero. Uh, for years now, since the beginning. Uh, but this is the first year we teamed up with a local Austin musician, David Levy, mm-hmm. who is just the coolest dude and lives like five minutes away from me. And even today, a lot of our meetings are, it's just the three of us on Skype watching episodes together going, oh, no, no, make it make it all like, and then they translate that stupidity into beautiful Hey, I think you've made the audience super uncomfortable with just the pan past the broken Texas helmet. That was oh. the point where I nearly fell out of my seat watching that episode. And the orb that Epsilon had been in. Yes. Yeah, the, he's got oh. all of that stuff. That's insane. There are Easter eggs in there that the audience has some Patrick put in a ton of uh, Ruby Easter eggs. I the, saw those oh, on, the stock, yeah. on the stock ticker. And then uh, ticker. all the news clippings. He has a news feed on one of those monitors. That was fun coming up with uh, those. Because some of them, some of those headlines on that news feed are like, they actually will give you some insight into what's going on in the chairman story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of them are like, pineapple unveils a new phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure we have one about this grip, the grip ball strike still going on. <laughs> yeah, but for all you people that love to analyze things frame by frame, check out check out the news feed in the background of that scene. It's fun. You heard the man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I expect a photo set on Tumblr within the hour. Get going, guys. Oh, yeah, there, I've seen it. Yeah. I think Headlines from the world of Remnant. That'd be hilarious. Oh my, oh my god. god. Their stock ticker, the stock tickers were uh, Ruby and Juniper. I noticed that the first time I was watching. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> the Shani Corporation stock is going up. I guess. Oh yeah, that goes back to a tradition. I guess ever since like 9 or 10, we started comping in little background gags like that. There's yeah. uh, the security station in the opening of season 10 where. I think it was an Epic Sax guy is running in the background. There's an animated adventure I in there, too. That. Oh, that's right. Yeah, RTAA is, yeah. is running on another computer. Yeah. Yeah, so. Nice. <laughs> so awesome. We we actually have a question for our table. Really? Ooh, actually. Wow. Right. From uh, at Whoa Rebecca on Twitter. <laughs> Whoa, Rebecca. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Man. Guys, important question for everyone. Red team or blue team? Um, hello. Whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Okay. There, there was also people in the chat that would also like to ask our awesome beautiful 
beautifully amazing guests if they are also for the red team or the blue team as well. <laughs> well, we so know we Miles is red team. First. You guys yeah. go first. I am wearing a blue army shirt yeah, that says everybody. freelancer in disguise on the back. <laughs> I'm blue team. Undecided then? <laughs> 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 no, I'm just a shameless Agent Washington fan. Hey. I gotta say, I, I gotta go with Blue Team. I, I like the fact that they always move the plot along, and I gravitate towards... <laughs> Hashtag Blue, blue team, team Problems. Problem. Exactly. <laughs> and that basically summed up why I'm more drawn to Blue Team. Well, I know it's weird if you... I know that you guys, our guests can't see, but I'm wearing a lot of red, but I'm actually Blue Team. I am a giant fan, and I just love Church. He's so, you're Simmons. My church is my favorite. You're Simmons when he keeps defecting. Yes. Twice. Did you happen twice? Yes, it did. And I can totally relate to that. All right, gentlemen, red team or blue team? Uh, well, I, you know, I guess I would have to say charcoal with green trim at first. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think if, if I'm a blue team wannabe, That's but not I don't, a team. You know, red. Do you think, you think you're the guy that wants to be in Gryffindor but he's putting Hufflepuff? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you call him a Hufflepuff? Come on. <laughs> Awesome. No, no, no. You're all a bunch yeah, of dirty blues. Blues. It's all about the red team. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay. It's eight guys, but they're losing sight of the goal, which is absolute domination of both bases in the middle of that. <laughs> like, red, red team number one. Yeah. Screw you. <laughs> you and this is dead. the man writing the overarching plot. <laughs> Oh my god. Someone said Team you, Freelancer. Man. I love you. <laughs> I don't want to be on Team Freelancer sure. because they're all dead. Well, or screwed all up. Them. Not all of them, but yes. Yeah, you agree. Come on, Team Mercenary, lines form to the right. <laughs> Uh, it, it's like those lines at Comic-Con for the 8 a.m. panels that no one goes to. They're trying to get people to go in, but just no one. Trust me, it'll be worth your while. Just go. No. Yeah, fed or no. Oh, fed or new, guys. No, 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 no. You can't make me choose. Okay. Kimball's team. Sure. <laughs> say, what's my life expectancy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. In case we have forgotten, yeah. Do- Are we not talking Gray about Gray also yeah. does Doyle. General yeah. Doyle. Yeah. Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the <laughs> at, least, at least he's not fainting. <laughs> so the points where Doyle is having a conversation with Locos are just... Do you record those two separately, or do you talk to yourself? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wish I could pull that off. No, we, we record the two characters totally separately, just because um, Locus uh, takes the like physically takes the voice somewhere that'd be kind of hard to recover from. Mm-hmm. So you, you, it's a little hard to bounce back and forth between the two if, if you want to pull off the Hugh Laurie-ness of Doyle <laughs> earlier in the day when the voice is in better shape. What's awesome is that um, after I've been talking all day long and shouting across the studio and whatever, uh, then in your great shape for Locust. Oh, yeah. So. We realized the other day we were putting the Locust filter on, on your on voice. Doyle. On Doyle. Because we were like, does Locust sound deeper than usual? And everything looked the same. The only thing we come to a conclusion to was that day you were particularly tired and went uh, way lower yeah. than usual. Okay. <laughs> so we had a question from... Yeah, because he's not just the voice of Doyle and Locust. You're also the animation department head and, like, producer. And, like, this dude does everything all the time and his screen is constantly filled with spreadsheets. Jeez. <laughs> Just the most impressive thing Look at sexy life of making <laughs> <laughs> He wears many hats. Yes. And, no, and Ryder, you, you and Carrie have been helping to, uh, y'all, y'all we were, uh, helped to write the, the PSAs, PSAs for this here. season. Yeah, thank you for letting us fuck those up. Did, no, no, no. <laughs> we are. And we're explicit on <laughs> iTunes. Like, there it goes. <laughs> 
the next two PSAs that we're doing are probably going to get us in trouble for different reasons. Yeah. And I'm so excited. And the last PSA is going to be probably the most idiotic, insane PSA that we've ever done. Fun. And I can't that wait for fun. it. Yeah. But I'd like to apologize now to our IT crew here at Rooster Teeth for... Yeah, yeah, we'll see how the next couple of uh, PSAs go. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, that is going to be fun and interesting. I'm excited. <laughs> next one is, what, 10 days from now? When's the uh, next PSA? It's, not, so we, it's always four episodes of the PSA. Right. So, uh, so, so next we're, week. We're, we're, what comes out this weekend? That's a PSA. Cause we just it is. Right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you'll see one of them this weekend, and then we'll have fun on the comments for that one. <laughs> and, uh, we, and our, oh, okay, you go. You go. Yeah, we have a question from uh, Saddlezilla on Tumblr. Out of all the characters you voice, who do you have the most fun voicing? It's for both of you. Oh, man. Well, at the moment, I'm still hung up on envisioning a giant saddle destroying a city living country. <laughs> but, um, oh, man. I don't know. I get asked that a lot. And the thing it's like, again, it's, yeah, it's a cliche, but it's like trying to pick your favorite child. Uh, all the characters around here, and I'm, I'm not BSing, all the characters around here are so well written. Um, I've been doing a lot of villains the last couple of yeah, years. Yeah. But here's the thing. They're so well rounded, and it's kind of like we were talking about before. Is that you know they're not um, they're not two D cardboard mustache twish- twisters. They um, have their own real agenda based on that particular character's needs and yeah. background, and um, it just kind of depends on what mood you're in that day. Is which one is your favorite? It's if you want something more stylish, um, charming, and whatnot. I've, I've got to match, match some of the same buttons when you're doing uh, Felix, but for me, it's Torchwick. Um, you know, when you're just like, you know, single-minded, I am just going to destroy this thing in front of me. Every every task, get out of my way. That's going to be a locus. And then just for the, um, wow, I've split my focus too many ways. Uh, I'm really not entirely sure what I'm doing today. And then it, the Doyle's very satisfying. That, you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, for me, it's Felix. Like, I never get to be really, really mean I'm probably a little narcissistic. <laughs> um, Dawn is essentially just, you know, me through middle school. I've played that character before. <laughs> and he's just, John's such an idiot. That poor, poor child. Um, but Felix is just so much, like, it really has just become a guilty pleasure whenever I get to go into a booth and do Felix stuff. Um, Those are great breaks during the day. That's yeah. the cool thing is that, well... With everything else that's going on in the department or in the company as a whole, mm-hmm. you can go. At, you you are forced to get in the booth, get isolated. You're working just with the director, and in the red versus blue, red versus blues case, it's you. Yeah. But um, to have that very singular focused director actor relationship, and you want to do right by the character. Um, it's awesome to just hop in the booth and reset for an hour and be someone else for an hour and just play. Yeah, and and then you can you can kind of you've had your break and you can go deal with the rest of the day again. Yeah, it's kind of I thing. will say it is a lot of fun to say rude, terrible Felix esque things in the Jean voice though. <laughs> I really like Xbox Live was not cooperating with us, and I had to go into the booth to do Jean lines, and I just swore for like three oh minutes God. about how much I was angry at Xbox Live just in Jean's voice. Uh, <laughs> oh, stupid oh. piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lindsay and Jordan for giving me an outlet for when I'm uh, hungover. He's always a fun one to do. Also, yeah. when you're complete, yeah. Um, I think what's been playing Felix even more fun is um, that he's not only has did we reveal that he's a bad guy in season twelve, but by the end of seasons were 
Yeah. <laughs> I got oh. death threats. I got death threats. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. About Locus and Felix. What fandom? Yeah. I am ashamed of you. What a Please. Not cool, guys. Not nice. End of uh, the end of season twelve. Like, not only do you realize he's a bad dude, you realize he's a really his last monologue before he gets outed by by Tucker and Church. It's like, oh, this dude's not just bad. He's straight up off his rocker. He's yeah. a sociopath. Yeah. like that was his first real slip. Was was in episode eighteen of season twelve, and they're they're becoming more and more frequent yeah. as time goes on. It's and been that's really been interesting. Yeah, you 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 think you have Felix and Lucas figured out, and then you start to realize, you know, Lucas just might be extremely sociopathic, sociopathic, but Felix is downright psychotic. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been really fun playing this kind of bait and switch with these two, and yeah, yeah you get one thing in one hand, and another in another. But yeah, it's it's that has probably been the longest play of this trilogy and it's been so much fun to do along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's only gonna get weirder. Yeah. <laughs> Finally up on that. It's a long rush down to the grand finale of the trilogy. Man, I was doing, we had a, we had an editorial meeting today and, um, we were talking about the pace at which things are going to be going for the rest of the season and we were like, yeah, so these episodes are big but then we have a break here and then the next episode is big um, and then the next one's big and then the then next one, and then there's a yeah really yeah. big one, and then there's a big one, and then there's like the huge one. Yeah. Oh God, we're all gonna die. Oh, you're just gonna watch. <laughs> like, there's just so much that's yet to happen this season that's just gonna blow everything away. Yeah. <laughs> but now's a good time to catch up. I mean, if you haven't been um, following all the episodes that have come out lately, uh, RVB has his own channel on YouTube now. Oh yeah, yeah. and we're we're now uploading season thirteen. Yeah, there. All, all of one through twelve is there, and you know people should not be intimidated by, you know, it, it's RVB is the longest running American web series of sci-fi, sci-fi, sci-fi something or another. Yeah, yeah, there, there's some marketing bullet point there. <laughs> but um, yeah, each season runs between two to three hours, so you can binge watch the whole run of the show yeah. over the course of a long weekend. Now's a good time to jump in um, before we wrap up season thirteen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, go hit the YouTube channel to just uh, do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, comment, subscribe. That's my line. <laughs> Stealing a thunder. Following up on the uh, Locus and Felix, we have a duo of questions from Malachroma on Tumblr. What do you love about the Locus and Felix dynamic? What was your favorite Locus and Felix scene to voice? Hmm. Oh man, I. Uh, Episode 7, I think, is one of my favorite episodes of the season, if not the whole series, because we get to see them. We get, like, a breaking character for Locus. Yeah. Where he has the awkward, I won't lose. <laughs> lose, I won't lose. Um, because he puts up with that constantly. Yeah. And it's weird to me, because, like, I in my head, I'm like, of course this is how they are. But you don't see a ton of that in season 12. You kind of get them when, uh, after episode 10 in season 12... Where they're calling control and Felix is walking around in the background blaming everyone but himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that was, I guess, your first hint at their real dynamic. I think vocally it might be that one. Um, I don't know the question was supposed to be always favorite one to voice, but I tell you what, I think episode one of this year is probably still some of my favorite Felix and Lucas moments, even when they don't have dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's just them operating, uh, you know, taking care of business. They know what the mission is, you know, seeing Felix commandeer the bridge while Locus is dealing with the troops coming off the ship and all that. Um, which is my long way of saying that, uh, you know, the performance of these characters is not just the voices, it's also the animators. Oh, God, yeah. And some of my favorite character moments of all have nothing to do with, sorry, not, not a lot, but it's also just little nuances that the animators are putting Yeah, in. It's, it's Felix doesn't just take the mic from Locus. 
Felix takes the mic from Locus and gives him a "You tried, Pat." <laughs> I think that's what makes them so great. Is they're just so unabashedly jerks, rude yeah. and condescending and insulting to one another. Yeah, but they put up with it because they know that when they're together. Everyone else is going to die. Yeah. I think one of my favorite moments it just hasn't come out yet, so um, that's just going to be a couple months. So. Oh, we'll have to talk to you again at the end of the season and get the yeah. follow-up on that. Yay! Um, I have a question from the Twittersphere. The um, Twittersphere? The Twittersphere. Uh, it's from Kuma, who's also in the chat. Hey, buddy. Uh, he said, a question for everyone, Doc... <laughs> Or Dr. Gray, which is also kind of a follow-up on my question. Whatever happened to Doc? I yeah, actually we, liked him. We where's Doc 2K15? Yeah, wait, a lot of people wait, wondering Doc, where Doc uh, is. Wasn't he... Did Doc go somewhere? Yeah. He's been there the whole time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, keep, people keep asking where's Doc. It's like, no, dude, he's there. I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. about. Miles, you're going to start a riot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you are going to start a riot with that. I don't see what it'd be about, but okay, I mean, so be it. The, the Reds and Blues would never forget about Doc. Yeah, no. He's, he's, you get a little bit, I mean, a little bit of blue. They, you get they, together, you make purple. Yeah. No. Purple's strong. Purple's strong throughout the course trilogy. <laughs> Team pacifist. Uh. <laughs> Oh, poor Doc. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Doc or Doc? The question still stands. Gentlemen, would you like to go first? Uh, they're just so... One's a cake and one's a pie. They're both delicious in their own right. <laughs> I'm sticking to that. Um, I, I, uh, I, have, I love Dr. Emily Gray um, because she, she appears to be just the sweetest thing but she's just so not. <laughs> she really is a scary, disturbing, politically incorrect nightmare wrapped up in a cute girl. Um, which is fun. She and Nora would probably get along great. She's darling, I'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I was excited. <laughs> nightmare wrapped like a daydream. <laughs> um, Oh, good. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I love them both, but I, I have a ton of love for, for Dr. Gray. Yeah, I gotta say, I, uh, I love them both. Doc's great. I love his, you know, well-intentioned, inevitable befuddledness that inevitably occurs. <laughs> um, but there's uh, there's a certain energy that Dr. Gray has got that is, is so unique to all the, the previous ongoings of the RVB universe that it's, it's this cool new... Uh, I love the um, I love uh, someone who's that smart and more or less functional mm-hmm. is now a part of the crew, uh, and yet still uh, has to be crazy enough on her own that she still fits in with the rest of the gang. That's a really neat balance. Yeah, I mean, because aside from like Donut, there really are no upbeat, cheery characters that aren't idiots. You mm-hmm. know, and like Donut's just so naive. Um, it was fun to have a ray of sunshine that could get things done and also scare you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The opera torture scene was oh, so the best. <laughs> oh my god! I'm scared <laughs> So Aaron, who actually sang that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the line last? This is one of my favorites. Was uh, punch him in the punch him in the face. Punch him in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The jugular. The jugular. Goddamn throat. What did you say in the first place? Yeah. I also love how she's just really not that afraid of anybody. The only times we ever see Doctor Gray get concerned is when it looks like a bunch of people that she knows are going to die yeah. um, and really other than that she's just not she's not afraid of Locust she calls Carolina sweetheart um, <laughs> just everything just goes whoo over her head and she's just shut up you're my patient I'm gonna give you robot legs 
<laughs> because why not, right? You'll like them when you're older. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so, at the table, which one do we prefer? Come on. She said punch him in the throat. That, 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 that's where you <laughs> had me. The jugular. Like, no, I love the fact. She kind of, again, not to, like, throw in other uh, shows and things like that. She reminds me a lot of... Um, Oh god, I'm forgetting her name right now from Archer. Uh, the receptionist, how she's like, you're not my supervisor. Like, that's like Cheryl, yeah. Cheryl, 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 whatever. Yeah, it's hard for me. Charlene, like, Carol. It's, well, she's changed her. She's changed her name so oh, many okay, times. Okay, I don't know. Um, I gotta go with Dr. Gray because she reminds me so much of Hanji from Attack on. Oh my, oh my god, god, yes. Oh, yes. Good oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, they get along Thank great. You. They would and the rest of us would die. die. Yeah, I'd be totally <laughs> fine with that. <laughs> I I have to say, Dot Gray. For one, it's nice to have another consistent woman on the team that yep. isn't the half woman, half shark dynamic. <laughs> for another, she's amazing. She just, I absolutely adore her. Every yeah. time she's on screen, I'm like, hello. Yeah. Probably gonna cosplay her at RTX. You should do it. Do it. I have plans. Actually, since you mentioned her and Nora, uh, we have a question on Twitter from Jason Wyatt. Uh, is there ever going to be a RVB Ruby crossover PSA? Oh my god. Oh my god. Yes, please. Did the RT recap that one time? That's the closest we've gotten. Yeah, uh, it gets complicated when you get into like the legal of like Microsoft and blah 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 blah. Um, okay, fair enough. Maybe I'd love. I mean, I'd love one. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird though, going from like a show that I wouldn't say it's a kid show, but like we, Carrie and I were having this problem today where we wanted to swear and we're like, oh, we can't have this person say that. Let's <laughs> uh, go into the harsh, harsh world of red versus blue. <laughs> I'm trying to like. As we sit here trying to engineer how it would happen, you know, Doc Ray happens to open a portal, and <laughs> I think Sarge would just immediately try to immediately try to call dibs on all of Team Ruby, since as a whole they are a shade of red. Yes, <laughs> that was that was That would be so great. You guys can hang out with Team Coffee uh, <laughs> and chill with Team Sun. She'll be fine with that. I've got this whole Lopez Penny thing happening in my head now. So. Oh, oh, Lopez. Oh, my God. Oh, that would be the best. Oh, my God. I, I wonder so if she would understand it. Crash. Lens got a crash in Remnant next. Buenos dias. <laughs> Yo soy combat ready? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Dear God. That's all I, 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 I can't no ask words. for anything. Wow, I, I would drop the mic, but I think I'd get in trouble You'd for that. You'd probably get yeah, in trouble. No, you would really get yes. in trouble. <laughs> well, let's switch topics then. Let's talk a little bit about Santa. Let's talk about this <laughs> hilarious... <laughs> He's sorry. real, guys! He's I'm real! I'm so kidding about that I'm, stupid name! I'm going Santa's real. Oh God! My biggest regret, my biggest regret in season thirteen is not naming episode eight. You better watch out. <laughs> oh, oh, so instead of a Mortal Kombat reference, we go with the old Christmas Carol. I think it would be great. Uh, hindsight, man. Hindsight. So we have an alien AI construct who is running these so-called trials, trying to find the true warrior and spitting essentially everyone out except for Caboose, and then regretting what he wished for. A true warrior. Because <laughs> Caboose has nothing going on. No. He's got plenty of space for stuff to go on in. He's just, uh, so you know, he's, he's, the, he's the Keanu Reeves of Ultimate Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'd rather watch Caboose. Which makes uh, it perfect. Caboose is watch. John Wick. <laughs> they make freckles. <laughs> I will avenge you, freckles. Can oh, I say the confetti cool. coming out of the gun that just was my every time? Part. Every single time. I was just sitting there like, hey, confetti, it's a parade. Ducker did it. <laughs> yes. Honestly, I love that that's uh, the best way to kind of keep Caboose from killing other team members is just make it, give him a confetti gun. gun. Well, the trigger is the confetti gun, but Freckles is actually controlling the bullets. It's yeah. like, that is the best way to do things. That yep. is super smart. More reasons to prefer <laughs> Dr. Gray. Oh, this hilarious explanation. What I also enjoyed was like during some of the uh, the early reviews here on the production, you know, Matt and Bernie would be in the room watching the episode and we'd be watching um, uh, kind of rough versions of the animation and certainly the effects weren't in yet. And the confetti wasn't there yet. And just having to explain, like, what the hell is going on? It's like, no, no, trust us, it'll be funny later. <laughs> confetti comes out of the gun, and it'll be a thing. But, you just yeah. have to imagine it. Yeah. Imagination. <laughs> the whole panel just did the SpongeBob motion, so you know. Yep, just like that. Ooh. So, um, does this okay. officially make Caboose the Great Destroyer again? I don't know. There's a lot of going back and forth about the Great Prophecy. I think Muriel has been on this theory for a while yes. now, and it's looking to her. She is on top of it. Yep. She is on top. I've been calling this show Neri's Theories because she's <laughs> really <laughs> disturbingly good at figuring <laughs> things out. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's what she does. She and she's really super good at it, but she's been hanging on this great prophecy thing for about a season and a half, and it's looking like it's falling into place. There's uh there's still a lot left unknown about Santa and his intentions and his purpose and what. <laughs> well, I can't do it. Is it safe I'm to sorry. say that he has a list and he's checking it his twice? I think that's a safe assumption. Uh, and like is uh, are on the uh, naughty uh, list. We'll be in. I'll be talking with our compositing team, Robert and Rick, and I'll be like, hey guys, so I just, I, I looked at the latest cut. I really think uh, we need to adjust the levels on Santa. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> on Santa. Uh, sorry. I'm just, I'm just, I'm sorry. Seriously, for a second. Um, it's hard to stay serious when you have a character named Santa. <laughs> yeah. I was, I know, I, that was the day where I walked up to Carrie with the script. I said, I need you to stop me if this is too stupid. And I showed him the page. And he was like, that's just stupid enough. Just my work. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, Daft Prodigy on Tumblr did a Photoshop, and she shopped a little Santa hat and a beard onto the AI. <laughs> so you have hey. Santa. Speaking yeah. of, uh, of AIs, besides Church, because everybody knows that's my favorite AI, who is your favorite AI? Oh, I'm gonna send this to the guys I, first. Oh, fine. Oh, oh, I know oh, your answer. I know your yeah, answer. I know your answer. Yeah, I got. I, I was always charmed by Theta. Yeah. Aww. Wow. <laughs> it was great. Oh God. And just to see him in action again a little bit last year in, in the uh, the AI time episode when they're calculating what to deal with the, yeah. the, the guys coming through the door and all that. I've, I've just, I, oh, man. I really like Gamma when he was posing as Gary. Yes! But I also, there's just something beautiful about Delta because in a world of absolute absurdity and chaos, he is logical. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how, but he manages to always be logical in every situation. And I just love like, his back and forth with York. Um, really do Delta first AI best AI <laughs> yeah he's kind of almost got that Spock level of, yeah. of uh, wit and humor even when 
you're not entirely sure if he's putting you on or not. I guess yeah. that, that's why I love it's it. has got a little bit of vision in him. Maybe a little bit of... Uh, oh, yeah. A little bit. A little, little bit. bit yeah. Almost to the point where his his logic makes him seem naive at times. But not... I don't know. I, I think I like Delta. I, I like you agree with yeah, me. Delta's 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 Delta. Yeah. Perfect. How about you guys? Um, I... I oh. loved O'Malley. <laughs> I really did. I thought O'Malley was a riot. Oh, um, he was amazing. I love him too. He's I great. had to hop on that bandwagon because he was. I totally forgot, but I love him so much. Sorry, I'm the losing Dr. my Jekyll, mind. The Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde thing. Oh, is just so, so great. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy to think of. Look at our villains from the beginning of the series and where we're at now. <laughs> Well, that was also him after he'd been hanging out in Caboose's mind for a while. Oh, so. my God. <laughs> my knee-jerk reaction was Delta, but if we're going to go with first AI, best AI, Tex. Yeah! Oh, yeah. Tex. Yeah. Right now, Bernie's watching at home going, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you know, um, all the different incarnations of uh, Epsilon. <laughs> Damn, like, you guys put your characters through the ringer. He's such a tragic character. He's real sad. And, oh, yeah. and it just keeps iterating and going for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we're sitting here watching you drink, and it's just... I, I have to do this because we have a question on Twitter from Farley, who is the wonderful person who sent you those writer's tears. Thank so, you! Hey. Yep, straight from Ireland. And she asks, so Epsilon and his memory fragments, are we going to see more of them? And on a scale of 1 to 10, how much trouble should we expect? Ooh, good question. Uh, the exact right excuse, amount of trouble. Yeah, and, uh, excuse me while I loudly sip. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Here he goes we'll, again. We'll more than likely be seeing those guys pop back up at one point or another. And the internet goes wild. <laughs> We had a question um, uh, also from from Twitter from uh, Queen Meg Turney, I think is how you say it. How painful is this is this season going to be on a scale of puppies to season 10? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why? Well, how did Felix put it in season 12? It'd be like, um, oh shoot, going in would be suicide, getting someone out would be like suicide plus a bunch of puppies dying. <laughs> <laughs> Take the worst thing um, you can think of and multiply it by it's, cancer. Uh, it's more ambitious, I think, in terms of the emotions that we're trying to pull out of people and the twists that we're going to take. Um, but overall, I think it's going to be a fun ride. Uh, and every fun ride has its high points and its low points. Well said. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now, like I said a minute ago, uh, the, the writers in RVB and you the last few years, um, some of the most favorite writers in any medium, whether it's uh, movies or comics, novels, whatever, um, it's the ones who just put their characters through the ringer and it's how do they change how do they evolve how do they get better what new weaknesses are exposed do they become a new version of themselves by the end of it you guys are pulling some really neat tricks over the years and what you've been up to by yeah, I, I can't get into it obviously we're still have a season to go but um, I'm just really looking forward to seeing uh, what the audience thinks of where some of these characters are going to wind up by the end of the year you and me both yeah <laughs> Well, I know a lot of people are interested in Tucker because he's mm-hmm. had, I would say, the most character growth over the past couple of seasons. It's interesting um, because this actually came from a talk that you and I had one yeah. night when we went out for drinks on just a really long, long week. You and I just got out of the office and just went across the street and got some food and drinks. And um, I've uh, unintentionally managed to find motivation and inspiration in the characters of RVB since I started working on it. Um 
I think it's safe to argue that season 11, your main character, although I always consider RVB to be an ensemble cast thing, uh, I guess the main focus would be Agent Wash and his struggles with leading a team of idiots that don't come <laughs> around at all. Yeah. And then uh, that torch is passed on to Tucker mm-hmm. in season 12, who is someone who never wanted to lead, but is now being forced to lead a group of people who need a leader and look to him as a leader. Um, and this third season, when I was in the middle of writing it, I was having a really difficult time um, because I kept looking to Gray and saying, I don't know who the main character is this season. Like, with with seasons 11 and 12, I identified with Wash and Tucker because season 11, um, Wash is, in a way, how I felt at the time, where I was this new dude that was thrown into a series that had had other leaders for a very, very long time. And then those leaders had to go and work on bigger and better things, mm. and um, I was there. And when some members of the audience found out, they were like, oh, no wonder it sucks. I'm done watching, and all this stuff, they're like, you're not Bernie. Um, so what? I identified very strongly with Agent Washington, and I think some of the feelings I was having at that time of writing came out in his speech to Tucker in, in episode 14. Yeah. And then Tucker I identified with in season 12 because suddenly season 11 worked. People those that stuck around to see through the end were really jazzed to see what was going to happen with 12 and 12 started off really strong. I remember like by episode three, I was legitimately concerned because I hadn't seen negative comments and I was just used to negative comments from season 11. (laughs) Um, and, um, and I just had to keep telling myself that maybe you're going to screw it up and it's going to suck and people will stop watching red versus blue, whatever. But I just got to try and, that's really all I can do. And if I screw up, then I will try something else and see if that works. Yeah. And then I got to season 13. And it's Paloma. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I had this weird moment where I didn't know who I identified with. Because I at that point, I didn't realize it in 11 until looking back on it. I was like, oh my god, I was Wash. Um, <laughs> 12, I kind of knew that. And then with 13, knowing this, that I kind of subconsciously done this... Uh, I was concerned when halfway through the season, I didn't know who I was relating, who I related with the most, because we had so many characters and so many plot lines and, and things that we wanted to explore with them. And what I kept telling from the saying from the beginning was, this is either going to be season thirteen is either going to be the Avengers or Spider Man three. And God, I hope it's the Avengers. Oh, God. Um, I think we're in Avengers so territory right now. And so many things that we wanted to try and do. Um, and you told me you were like, well, maybe, maybe you're none of the reds and blues. Maybe the reds and blues are all of us because we have this huge team now and everybody has their strengths and their weaknesses and everybody has their own challenges that they have to deal with every day and everyone has their own story. But together we're making something crazy huge and we're going to do it. Um, And that resonated me on like this really deep level. Uh, So thank you for that, my friend. Sure. Um, And that's kind of what this season is, is, We've seen how Wash has changed. We've seen how Tucker has changed. So we may not necessarily be focusing on either of them as hard as we did in seasons past because they, and they're, they're there. Growing. And, and you've got the new recruits. So and, now it's yeah. kind of, it's more of this. It's been, they have now become prepared for this final chapter. Everybody is where they need to be. And sure, they might get thrown, you know, get, get thrown for a loop like Carolina in this thing. And everybody's still going to have things that they have to deal with on both sides of the conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, but seasons 11 and 12 have been our guys getting ready for it, and it's here. This is it. Um, and I think, yeah, we're taking more of an ensemble, wider wider nets, I guess. Everybody will have 
their moments here and there. Um, but we're not necessarily going to focus on just one singular character, I think as hard as we did in Season 12, yeah. um, where it was very, very much Tucker-focused for a lot of that season. Yeah, it's time for the team to come together and rise to the occasion. And make a little purple. Yeah. <laughs> I think Avengers is an apt parallel so far. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Miles, this makes you Santa. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I Santa? Because reasons. <laughs> because you're trying to find the best and the worthiest and bring them together to accomplish a task. See, here's my favorite thing, by the way, about Santa, is from Santa's <laughs> point of view, this name makes absolute perfect sense. Like, like he shows up, he's like, I'm Santa. People give him weird looks. He's like, I don't understand. What's, what's the problem? And they have to explain him. Well, you see, back on Earth, Santa is this, like, mythical being that judges people and then gives them gifts <laughs> whether they're worthy. And he's like, that guy sounds awesome. Go on. That, that seems absolutely perfect. I love this guy. Can I meet him? Like, it makes absolute Like, the logic is sound in the Navy. He's red. He has a white trim on his shoulders. Perfect. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> and notice we have a red AI and a blue AI. Yeah. Yay. Um, theorize all you want. Uh, I will say though that part of that design choice was just because it's just cool. It just we have Church, who is a human AI of white lights and blue, and this alien AI of darkness. Like he he doesn't expel light. He has a shadow like glow about him and red. It just looks cool, man. And sometimes you just go for cool points. Mm-hmm. But uh, by all means, speculate away. <laughs> I can't wait to check Tumblr after this is over. Oh, my God. We're going to go insane. Um, Let's take another question from the chat and another one from Twitter, and then we can move into predictions. Yeah, for sure. You might have to go first because I'm... Uh, we're all over the okay. place. Some people are saying the ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny. It's, <laughs> we're in a weird part of the chat right now. That's <laughs> okay. It's wonderful. Yes. Okay, we we have a question from Mallory on Twitter. Uh, so, Miles, would you say that leadership is one of the main themes of the Chorus trilogy? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah. and the, like the burdens of command. Yeah, it's hard being a top. <laughs> it's really, really hard. Um, the higher up you are on the ladder, the more people can see your ass. And it's uh, <laughs> it's lonely. It's really lonely. Um, and I think that's such an interesting dynamic because a lot of like people like associate being the leader means you are really awesome and you're great and you get to make the decisions. But really it's more of if you're the leader, you have to be awesome and you have to make choices and you have to constantly set the example. And if you find someone that naturally exhibits those qualities, great – but those people are few and far between. Yeah. Um, well, just Tucker's evolution has been just great. I mean, yeah. that, that's something yeah. I've been loving relating to over the last couple of years. It's just like, uh, you know, he's, he's one of the quintessential just normal guys. Um, possibly better than Hans Libido. But he's <laughs> you know, more or less a normal guy. But just to kind of see him understand that, you know, there's this thing in front of him that he, you know, has to get done. And he has to start... Yeah, you know, kind of taking care of those around him because, like, if he doesn't do it, then no one else will. So. And Kimball in that same vein, like Kimball is. Very oh yeah, just all, all the different perspectives on um, being responsible for others and the uh, yeah uh, the challenges of leadership and whatnot. It's been quite the motif. Of yeah, years. I I guess that just kind of happened. <laughs> yeah, and when you, you 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 get some interesting debate going between uh, Doyle and Kimball. Yeah, uh, uh, both care about the the same planet mm-hmm. and have very very parallel goals but just because the methodologies were ever so slightly skew mm-hmm. to each other then that's it they're at war sometimes that's all it takes yeah. and yeah it's it's and i think that i mean i mean that's one commentary i i did want to make in season 12 was that there is no bad guy in the civil war because like yeah. you know when you're in war with some other opposing force it's like you know 
via propaganda or whatever you want to call it, it's like you tell yourself, we're the good guys, they're the bad guys, we're the good guys, they're the bad guys. But when you take a step back, really, and look at the whole thing, yeah. everything is just conflicting ideology on a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm pulling this out of the air while we discuss this right now. Um, communication? Communication, yes. Uh, Contact. You know, you've, you've, uh, and communication, voices, music, harmony, playing well together, that sort of thing. I mean, right to the fact that you've, you've named the cities and the planet and the forces (laughs) after it. But, uh. Wait till you get to the street names in Harmonia. Yeah, but just when, uh, you know, it's, it's when, when people are off on their own and they're isolated, uh, and they're focused on the goal, but maybe just are lacking some perspective or aren't doing a reality check of, the situation, then that's that can get you into trouble, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's it's only when you know, going back to the example of Kimball and uh, Doyle, it's it's when they start conversing and trying to work their stuff out, um, whether they're rehashing old wounds or you know trying to understand that they've had a united goal all along. They just have different methodologies. Um, that's been a, a really cool theme that I like I like seeing get explored in a show like this. Thanks. Yeah, it's I mean like. The birth of the internet was like something that was just beautiful because, you know, there's prior to it, you know, it's like, uh, I think in France, I'm pretty sure everybody eats snails and baguettes and they all just go, <laughs> and then the internet came along and now people, you're on Reddit talking with someone from France and they're like, I mean, baguettes are pretty cool, yeah. but it's not all that's good. Oh, yeah, it was <laughs> the whole thing this year about, I mean, it's again, courses cut off and that's the huge problem. Mm-hmm. These folks can't communicate with the rest of the galaxy. Um, there's obviously a lot of uh, filtered and warped misinformation getting out thanks to the chairman, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's you know, the reds and blues are coming together to just get a message out, yeah, and, and just kind of open up to the rest of the galaxy what's going on on this planet. So, yeah, so. I guess a lot of it is just I feel like you know a lot of these a lot of problems in the world can be solved when you just like put down the guns for a second and let's yeah. talk this out. Yeah. Um, is I guess something that I wish more people would kind of understand. Uh, I think most people wish that's the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Super deep. I have another question from Twitter. I'm breaking my own rules, but I'm super biased, and this speaks to me. Ooh. It's from Nicholas Bez. Was the reason Wash was acting so strange towards Red Team because he doesn't want to get close to people and lose them again? Uh, I mean, I think you can take that as 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 any way that you want to. There's there's it's one of those things where you never want to specifically say this is exactly what that character. Was. <laughs> I think there is a beauty in leaving some things vague to some people. Maybe he legitimately thought they were going to die, and we just let the joke play off. And to other people, it might be he really cares about them but doesn't quite know how to say it. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of layers to Wash. Um, he's just the tastiest onion. <laughs> Agent Washington, the tastiest onion. I Dice and saute it with spice and it turns yeah. good. Yeah. But <clears throat> it takes some doing and a lot of fire. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I've fine. destroyed that metaphor. Uh, what question like, do we... Well, uh, <laughs> well normalized on yes. Uh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> but it's a sad thing. The fact you actually went to... Yeah, that's, okay, never mind. Moving on. <laughs> oh, my word. No, I'm hungry. Yeah, um, I know. What I, we, I can go for some onion rings now. Tell me about it. What do we have from the so, chat? Um, I have two questions that I, I, I couldn't decide which one to pick. Uh, both. From, both is good. Yeah, I was like, why not both? Um, Maka... I hope I'm saying your name correctly. What would you say is Church's and Carolina's um, relationship at this point? Mm. Um, 
I kind of feel, I mean, he calls her sis in season 12, which was Bernie's, oh. Bernie wrote that AI sequence. Okay. Right, I, yeah. uh, when I read that, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Because it kind of makes sense. They're both his creations in a way. Um, and to look at it any other way gets kind of weird when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, I like the kind of brother. Wait, do we actually want to try and bust out the... the Let's the not go down the chart of churches. But uh, I, I think it is kind of like this brother-sister-friend kind of thing. Because there's the, lo- the love is definitely there, yeah. but they don't really outright say it. And they're still snarky, and there's that level of kind of weird competitiveness with them. Yeah. Um, Church is Carolina's caretaker when she might be pushing things too far has been a dynamic this year. And uh, and uh, and then, yeah, Carolina is someone that he can finally be close with and, like, actually be, like... Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a nice... It's a nice... It's a nice relationship. I like it. I think they balance each other out very, very well and, and need each other probably more than they're willing to admit. Okay. And the second question? Oh, uh, is Sharkface a good guy or a bad guy? <laughs> What's his alignment on the D&D spectrum? Give us the details. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it's entirely on your point of view. Ah. Which, what's mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a killer, <laughs> and a very scary one at that. He's not a nice guy. He's not a nice guy. <laughs> so, true neutral? I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. True true to the cause to which he's subscribed, I guess. I mean, yeah, it was the sort of thing, you know, the, the freelancer arc years ago pulled the neat trick of you think you're following the good guys when it turns out that you are following folks that have been manipulated by some real devious jerks. <laughs> and that the people you thought were the bad guys all along were actually, you know, straight up just enlisted. Uh, you know, they, they were ordered by the UNSC. There's a rogue unit out there. Go deal with them. And yeah. so a lot of these guys were, you know, following orders and following the flag mm-hmm. and doing what they thought was right and, uh, and and what was thought to be right by the large, you know, by, by the military as a whole. And that's really the whole thing with Red versus Blue. It's yeah. the Civil War. It's the, <laughs> there is no red and blue. It's yeah. just a, ah, so <laughs> uh, The whole thing, it's always people who think they are doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, th- this time around, so, I mean, uh, you know, he's he was thrown in the brig, and he's getting punished for something where, again, he thought he was doing the right thing. He was just doing what he was told. He's, you know, on a prison ship now because of it and wants his revenge for the people that still kind of wound up besting him. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's out for blood. Does, yeah, I don't, does that make him a good guy or a bad guy? I don't know. It's up to you. Yeah. I will say I love the parallels that we got between his team and the freelancer team, him talking about how they were his family, they mm-hmm. died while mm-hmm. he was connected from him. Well, While he, he was, was disconnected in, from them yeah. at worst. Well, he was wow. in physical therapy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I just, I love the parallelism there. That that works really well. And it works to humanize him. Mm-hmm. We can see him as an antagonist, and we can sit there and go, he's going to wind up in the meta armor. That's going to be a thing. <laughs> but it, he's still very much human, and you guys have been really good at that. Thank you. <laughs> And one more from Twitter. I keep doing this, but we've had like four people ask about this. What is the significance of the number 57? Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> That's a good response. I know. Part of me wants to talk. Part of me doesn't want to talk. I can't believe how 
what, what an elaborately genius plan he's come up with and all the depth that this number has. Since day one. Out. Since day one. Yeah. Since day one, it's been there. Really? And I was like, Bernie, 57, I'm going to explain. And he was like, he was skeptical at first, yeah. but then he saw the light of 57. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It, yeah, took, the, the, it took 57 attempts to get him to finally agree. <laughs> I feel I also, like I'm looking at the Cloverfield marketing again with all the sixes and the one eighteen oh eight. Yeah. Um, I'm going. You will. You will learn everything you need to know about the number fifty seven when you buy the DVD. Uh, <laughs> that's one that has to be. Gosh. It has to be saved for the director's commentary. So we don't want to spoil the the Heinz. Don't talk about it. You can't talk about fifty seven, and don't you even mention seventy five. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> We've just given you a platform to mess with the fans, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. oh. We are such shameless. Teams. Come on, guys. Yeah. You can trust this face. Ah! No! <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. That's the ve- yeah, again, anyone who's listening on iTunes, you need to be actually Watch watching it. this. And. <sighs> While we're talking about it, let's run into it. For those of you who are listening on listening on iTunes, thank you so much. Please be sure to rate, comment, subscribe, um, give us five stars. Let us know that you love us because that lets our producers know that you love us, and then we get to keep doing things like this and bringing on wonderful, fantastic guests who tease us mercilessly because they're yep. like that. <laughs> yeah. iTunes shout outs. Yeah, if you leave a review, we will give you a shout out on the show. Yes, so please. iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, comment, rate, subscribe on all of the above. And let's roll into predictions. Yes, please. Eventually. Someday. I don't think we Eventually. gave them. Money. We don't we get the laser light show morning. tonight. That's okay. Alexis, Bye-bye. do you have predictions for the next few episodes? Ugh, I don't know. Um, I'm kind of. See. With me, it's really hard to do this with red versus blue just because anything can happen. So it's really, it's really hard for me to just pinpoint. I'm just really excited to see what happens with Tucker. That's my main thing right now that has really snatched me up. I want to see what happens and. He's grown so much. Exactly. And I just, the character development is nuts. And that's my main thing is I want to, not main thing, but you know, it's the one thing that's on my brain. And if we are going ahead with this great prophecy thing, he's been connected to that since season four because Junior, whom I'd love to see come back in. Yes. I don't know. I, fifth grade now. That <laughs> basketball team. Oh, that picture was so great. I lost my damn mind. What, the basketball team photo? That, yes. that damn, that darn. <laughs> <laughs> We're already la- rated late. explicit. Already you used, might as well go I for it. I use the word, so you might as well join shit. us. There you go. <laughs> Ta-da. But yes. I got to say, too, I, that was probably one of the craziest that is right up there with the snowman from season 12 with like favorite photoshop gag yeah patrick that, went that, above and beyond on that one and took all of our young faces to make those basketball players was that patrick did josh help at all patrick i think patrick put that whole in okay together. yeah I think josh, josh, josh else is usually our, our photoshop uh, oh yeah favorite, oh uh, yeah um that one's one hey by the way i just gotta throw this out there just because it's driving me crazy everyone's like if junior's in fifth grade right now this is crazy like what what how old is he what's going on that picture can be from any point in time. That could have been. <laughs> I just had to get that because that's the one thing that people keep going. How is this possible? I'm like, well, it's really easy, actually. <laughs> it's a photograph. It's a physical photo. It's a photograph. 
Anytime someone just throws in Nickelback references. Did you know that you can sing Benedict Cumberbatch's name to that song? (laughs) No way. Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, you. You've ruined my life. (laughs) I regret nothing. So predictions. You're next. Um, Nickelback's going to make an appearance, though. I'm going to fall back on what you were saying earlier. I think Sharkface is going to end up in the meta armor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... I know we were having some debate as to whether or not we're going to go for a redemptive arc with Locus. Honestly, I think he's too far gone for that. We might empathize with him a little more. He might try to do a little bit of a turnaround, but it's it's too far gone I for him to be anything less oh, yeah. than what he is. I, I, I mean, not to say that it's like a thing. I just feel like it's not necessary. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, and this is a series, and I think I've said this like three or four times to anyone who will listen, so now you're all getting it. <laughs> this is a series that doesn't retread its ground as far mm-hmm. as plot goes. It will definitely pull self-referential jokes, because those are wonderful, but it's not going to do the same thing over and over. It's the same reason we didn't have Epsilon crossing streams with Carolina when she went in the <laughs> gateway and him driving her insane. What we've been there, we've done that, it's over. Yeah. We've had a redemptive arc with Wash, who mm-hmm. kind of started out as a free agent, became a villain of sorts, kind of. He wasn't really super I was good say, at I was it. Like, what? <laughs> season eight, season eight was a low point in his life. Yes. And it was redeemed and mm-hmm. joined the teams. We're not going to get that with Locus. No. It just, we've been there, we've done that, and Wash never committed genocide. So the the poker faces are great, and I love them. But, and I brought this up, and I'm sticking by this theory. If Locus wavers, if he looks like he's going to turn, if he fails to perform his duty, Felix will take him out. Yeah. Because if you have a weapon and you're in war and you. If you have a weapon and you cannot use that weapon, you make for damn sure your enemy cannot use it either. Amen to that. And Locus is a powerful weapon, <laughs> yeah. such as it is. Doesn't matter that we've humanized him. Doesn't matter that, you know, no. it's it's the Brooklyn Nine-Nine thing. <laughs> cool story. Uh, yeah. Cool what is story, it? bro? Cool. No, no, it was cool, cool story. Still, still murder. murder. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I was going for. So I think we're... <laughs> They have a little nesting doll. They have the nesting doll that Neri painted for them. I don't know. You tell me. (laughs) And there has been a lot of putting them in half and putting them inside each other. And it's, it's, oh my God. God. Prop comedy. Now Um, I'm going to take you apart. I love it. Um, I, I think Locus is going, if he has an, if he has a redemptive arc, it's going to be an aborted one. Yeah. I think we are going to have Sharkface in the meta armor that's essentially been telegraphed. Yeah. I think that's not going to last really super long. I would not be surprised to have Sharkface find out that the <laughs> counselor was working with Project Freelancer and turn on him because he just said, I was with uh, some people. I believed in the wrong people. He never said, yeah, I believed in the people who uh, screwed up your face and murdered your friends. Because <laughs> oh, that's a super like, bad idea. used to be handsome. That must have been great. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, I mean, does that still hurt? You have a literal black eye. I don't know if you know this, but... <laughs> I think that was a lot of fun in doing Sharkface's design because I told Pat, it's like, let's make him look like he used to be the most handsome, like, frat tattooed surfer dude. Like, he used to be really cool and probably got laid all the time. And then let's just ruin his face. And uh, I knew we did a good job when I saw a post on Tumblr that said, mark me down as terrified and aroused. (laughs) (laughs) That gif. That gif. Yes. Um, As for predictions that aren't, Series wide for yeah. the next couple episodes, 
I don't know. I think we're going to see another Santa, temple or two. Santa and Caboose are going to be the best of friends. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I can see Freckles having a rivalry with Santa. Caboose <laughs> no, is mine. Back off. I think someone even asked that. I think somewhere in the chat. A couple of people yeah. were asking whether or not they were going to have a conversation of some, some sort. sort. Yeah. I would I would pay so much money to see that. <laughs> well, the series is free. Well, like, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. But that's nobody needs to know about that. <laughs> I thought that was 42, not 57. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the answer. 57 is the question right now. <laughs> Does anyone have any further predictions? Anything else to say? No. no. Just the, the series has been great so far, and I can't wait to see what the rest of season 13 has in store. Yeah, every single time I, I, I watch it, my jaw is like hitting the floor, so I can't, I can't wait. I've been making reaction videos and putting them on Have YouTube, you? so you can watch me going. Ah! I want to see that. <laughs> People show. I gotta say, uh, so Caesar, one of our modelers, it was his birthday yeah. the day the prologue came out for sponsors, oh, yeah. and he said, "For my birthday, all I want are your reaction videos." So we got a ton of reaction videos, which, by the way, are phenomenal, <laughs> um, especially as soon as that purge door opens up, because it goes from ha ha ha, <laughs> one girl threw her Carolina helmet when when counselor appeared on screen, and I went, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." Oh yeah, that was <laughs> um, but uh, we have a few new people, like I said, that we brought on the team, uh, and one of them is Robert, who's an amazing compositor, mm-hmm. uh, along with Rick. And I can't come in, and we're doing some reviews, and I'm like, "Hey, man, you doing okay? You sound tired. Like, you work late last night." He goes, "No, I just." I was up watching reaction videos all night. <laughs> because a lot of these members of our team are new to a roosting show. David Levy, our, our you know one of our musicians, yeah. when we put up the trailer for RGB13, he, he calls me and he goes, Dude, 100 people have seen that trailer. <laughs> and I just went, Oh, you, you sweet thing. You, you sweet know, summer child. Sweetheart. Oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> I just I can't if I can't film myself doing a reaction video because I would just look like Carmen oh, like running around my like my apartment it'd be the worst. <laughs> I I've done a lot of screaming and a lot of swearing so that's yeah. um <laughs> good job good job team. <laughs> I get it all out there because you know this is a nice interview. <laughs> sure. Anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. Yeah. Where can the people uh, go? If they want to- yeah, this was a ton of fun. Um, we always love being on. It was fun being on for Ruby. I'm so glad we're doing this for Red vs. Blue. Yeah. I'm sure we'll do more. And uh, RGB fans, remember, we also have a contest going on right now. Uh, it's a Red vs. Blue music video contest. You can choose any song done by Trocadero and do anything you want with it. Live action, machinima, animation for those of you who are crazy talented. Mix-ups, mashups, whatever you want. It's going on uh, for this next month. And we also have a bunch of really cool things that are going to be coming up uh, as we lead up to uh, the mid-season points, as well as some stuff afterwards. So yeah, come check us out. Check out the YouTube channel. Red YouTube Rooster. channel, there's a little more merch coming out that we can't really talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pay attention to the Rooster Teeth store. And we can't wait to see everybody on RTX in August. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So for the fans who may not know, where can they find you on a social networks if they want to say hi? Or badger you oh. for the meaning of 57. <laughs> um, my Twitter handle is MilesLuna24, all one word, and I hate the guy that took Miles Luna. <laughs> <laughs> you just threw a lot of Folks can just uh, say hello at, uh, at Gray Mardigan on Twitter as well. Yeah. So, And you can always find our profiles on RoosterTeeth.com. Yeah. And Gray. Come say hello there. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you again for having us, and I hope you all enjoy Red vs. Blue. Become a sponsor to watch Sundays. Already am. (laughs) 
you want to stick around for the sign-off? Yeah, sure. All right. All right. Alexis, where can the people find you? Again, stealing this from my from our awesome co-host, Emma Fife. Um, oh, I guess. Or not. Or not. <laughs> Bye, oh, gentlemen. Didn't know you guys were leaving. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. Stick around. Goodbye. No, I'm on the way out. Just kidding. That's a very Felix move. Uh, right? <laughs> oh. Oh, you're still there? I had to change the monitors. Oh, okay. <laughs> we couldn't see we you anymore. We were in another dimension. We couldn't see you anymore and we got super confused. I We're like goldfish them. that way. They <laughs> can't see them. They can't see me. Let's try this again. Alexis, where can the people find you? You can find me where all Alexis Torres's are sold on the interwebs at atorres890. Also find me at our sister network, blackhollywoodlive.com where I talk about, well, video games and other pop culture, awesome nerdy stuff. Be nerdy with me. Cool. And I'm Megan. You can follow me on Twitter at The Manguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at After Buzz. And I've started writing articles for the movie Chick, Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Kiaxet. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. You can also find me on Snapchat at Kia Prime because, like Miles, someone took my primary moniker. Uh, the other, uh, yeah. The other show that I'm on here is Transformers Robots in Disguise. Yeah. Sundays with this entire panel. <laughs> At Sundays at 5 p.m. Guys, thank you so much for joining us to our wonderful guests. And thank you to everyone who tuned in for our very first episode. We will let you know when the next one airs. Thanks so much. What the hell is a puma? It's like a big cat. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 